Welcome to Be Advised, Leading with Value with Brad Swinehart. In this podcast, we will focus on successful marketing methods for advisors that generate prospects and clients. We will learn from the best in the industry on how advisors in the trenches today are growing their practices. Join us for this journey where Brad draws from years of expertise and guest experts to help advisors reach their full potential. This podcast is brought to you by White Gloves Podcast Connect Program, a done-for-you, fully integrated podcasting system that will help you keep in touch with all of your leads. Get ready to sweat, people. Brad's guest this show is currently the Chief Marketing Officer of TigerFitness.com, and he heads up one of the fastest-growing supplement companies, MTS Nutrition. Mark Loebliner has a long list of other business credentials alongside his fitness credentials that include professional bodybuilder. All right, Brad, how does your workout stack up with Mark's? Oh, well, haven't hit the level that Mark has hit, but I, I tell you, I definitely have that passion getting in there and hired a pro trainer probably about eight months ago. So maybe Mark and I will have to throw some weights and see how I stack up after eight months of training. But um, the guy I'm training with now trains Miss Olympia. So it's definitely an arduous workout. So Mark, thanks for being on the show, buddy. It's an honor to be here, man. It's a, it's a beautiful day, beautiful day to talk about finances and gains. Nice about gains. You know, I look at the gym's a metaphor for life. You can make gains. Like your, your brain is, is just hardwired one way. If you're a loser, you're going to lose. You're a winner, you're going to win. If you're going to make gains, you're going to make gains. And that's why the gym, people are like, oh, how do you have fun for the gym? I'm like, the gym makes you more efficient at everything else in life. If you look at the CEOs now, they're not your fat oak desk, polo shirt, wearing mofos they were in the past. Nah, dude, they're fit. They got their jumpsuit on. They're going on jogs. They're lifting weights. They train at Lifetime or Equinox where they get free coffee in the locker rooms. That (laughs) is the new modern day CEO, bro. I love it. And, you know, it's a little bit, you're a little bit different uh, guest than I normally have on outside of the the finance industry for financial advisors. But, you know, you and I have actually met a couple of times and I've always just appreciated your honesty when it comes to building your own brand and your own awareness of who you are and the, the passions that you have. And then your ability to build multiple businesses that have been successful on top of the passions that you have in life. So, you know, if you're going to take a step back of, okay, who is Mark at his core? What leads you to be successful in all these different adventures? I mean, dude, I, I mean, I didn't grow up with a silver spoon. You know, I had to fight for what I have. I was always undervalued. You know, I was always the guy who's not going to make it. You know, I wasn't voted most likely to be successful in high school. I wasn't voted most likely to be a millionaire in high school. And I don't know what those other guys are doing, but I'm pretty sure I'm at the top of the class. You know, I was too undersized to play football. I could not ever manage a large company because I have ADHD. I'm all over the place. You know, it's everything I've done. I don't have the genetics to be a pro bodybuilder. So for me, what, what makes me succeed at things is when people say I can't do it. And that just lights this fire under my behind and makes me attack it. And that's why revenge for me is my driving fuel. And I love negativity towards me. It drives me, it fuels me, and it just makes me angry. And, you know, that's kind of in Pumping Iron, Mike Katz had this line where 
Probably an old 1970s bodybuilding movie. Arnold Schwarzenegger was in it. It was like, a, like it was like the a, classic. That's, that's the, the body, body. That's the bodybuilding movie. Yeah. And, you know, he did this monologue where he's like, you know, he was an undersized kid. And they'd be like, hey, Jew boy. He was poor and he was Jewish. Hey, Jew boy, you know, you got rusty fenders on your bicycles was the line. And it's like, I'll show them. And then I ran around the track and I was I'm like, OK, so I'm kind of like a modern day Mike Katz. You know, it's like I was always fueled by doubt, whether it was relatives, whether it was myself. You know, I want to prove myself wrong. I never thought I'd get a bodybuilding pro card. Like I was the most surprised guy on that stage in December. But at the end of the day, sometimes I have my own doubts and I'll be like, I want to prove myself wrong. So what drives me is just success. I'm addicted to success, not power, not money, but success. That's, that's amazing. I think a lot of our listeners are in that same boat. They get into the advisory world because they want to help people. They want to work with people's finances. They, they love the passion and sales that come behind it and they, they want to be successful. And then what happens is they get all these burdens of running a business, starting their own company, and they have to figure out, well, well, hey, how do I do this? And that's why that industry and small businesses in general, so many of them fail out the gate because it's not because they're, they're not driven or it's not a good idea. It's that they don't have that passion to just push through. And I think you nailed it. Fear of failure is such a huge motivator. Yes. Uh, successful people are usually idiots like me. <laughs> you know, like 94% of businesses fail and that's on the low end. So that's in the first 10 years, five, 10 years. So who would ever get into any kind of a bet where you have a 6% chance of winning? That's insane. Those are the most, those are the worst odds ever. But you know what? I got to ask, I'm going to turn it around on you. Like you're a financial guy, right? You deal with a lot of people and a lot of money. A lot of people listening to this deal. How many rich people do you know who got rich? And I'm not talking about some silver spoon, you know, um, just, just no Mitt Romney shit, right? I'm talking about people who literally came from the ground up. How many of those people got rich trying to get rich? It's almost none of them, right? It's the it's passion. Yeah. It's a passion and you don't have to love what you do. I hate 90% of my job, but you have to love the feeling at the end. Like who likes getting themselves? Think about, think about the, let's go back metaphorically. Bodybuilding shows, they suck. That pro show, dude, I felt like crap. For like a month, but the excitement of winning and hearing my name called as a new IFBB pro that made it all worthwhile. So you have to kind of embrace the suck. And that's why people are like, this isn't my dream job. I'm like, nobody has their dream job. Nobody, I, I guarantee you, Jeff Bezos hates part of his job. Probably it's a lot of his job. Dude's a trillionaire. You know, it's like sometimes you just have to, that, that's why I'm like, don't always love what you do, but look at the successes and how good it feels to win. And that's what I tell my, the athletes and the students I coach every single day in high school. I'm like, this might suck right now, but when you get your hand raised as state champ, <laughs> it's going to be worth it. And I think it's the, the, when you said before, like you're a winner or you're a loser, it's all in your mindset. I think that the, um, the base where it comes down to is how much you're willing to put yourself through to get there. How much is that worth it to you to see that success, to get your hand raised, to have that successful business? How much suck are you willing to go through mm -hmm. in order to say, okay, I, I did it, I made it. And it, it's all about pain. And, it, and that's why I always love physical fitness training and how that relates to business is because 
you get to this point and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, Mark, but you get to this point when you're, when you're lifting weights, let's say, and your body is telling you, or your mind is telling you, your body has no more. It's like, Oh, that was it. That was that last rep. That's the last effort you have. But when you can push through that and do two more, do three more, that's when you start seeing those, that progress, when you see that gains. And it's the same thing in business. When you get to that point where your mind is saying, Whoa, whoa, whoa back off, you might fail or you're, you're at your limit. You know, the people that can overcome that are the ones that are true successes. I think so. I, I do think that, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of like, I don't even think it's the reps. Like, you know, we could do scientific arguments. Is it to go into failure? Good. Is it bad? Okay. Whatever. Getting your butt to the gym. <laughs> like today, like, so yeah. I took a, so I coach wrestling, but I don't know how I coach strength, but I coach the wrestling team. So I, I do a great job. I'm phenomenal at what I do. I love doing it, but unless I actually wrestle, I don't have that empathy and I don't always know 100% of the movement patterns. So I started taking wrestling classes. So today was like day at the gym. Yesterday I went and took a wrestling class and I got slammed on my butt many, many, many times and my body hurts, but it's like day and I had to do it. So I went to the gym and I ended up having a great workout. Now, if I was going by instinct, I would have stayed my butt home. So, cause it hurts, like everything hurts. But you know what? That's business. Like, what if you wake up, you're like, you know, I'm tired of dealing with this, this account. Like they're assholes. Yeah, but they're a $2 million account. You got to suck it up. You got to do it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I love when people have these, uh, <clears throat> they don't know what they're talking about, but they think they know the answer. And I, here's a metaphor, like on Twitter, it's like, we should just like, everybody should stop doing business in China. I'm like, okay, you said that on your phone. It's made in China. You know, you can't. You can't, you can't, if you own a company that sells anything, you're doing some business with China. And I know that's a weird out there metaphor, but I think you have to empathize with what people are going through. Would you ever hire a coach to like your, your training now? Would you ever hire a trainer who's never lifted a weight? No uh, way. A lot of people do. There's a lot of really bad looking trainers who don't lift, but you know, at the end of the day, I think you just need to be able to transcend what your brain says because your, your mind, your brain is much, much better than we give it credit for and your ability to power through things and the ability to, you know, to, to even heal with your back. You know, there's, there's a book called healing, uh, healing back pain that literally tells people how to heal their back through their mind and it works. So I, I think that if you're going to be a business owner, you have to be crazy meaning that you have to believe that you could do the impossible. I love that. And there's, I don't know if you've ever listened to it, but I believe it's Earl Nightingale. He does this. I mean, it's super old school. He does this like 30 minute talk on the, I think it's called the, um, the most surprising secret or something like that. And it's all about how your, whatever your brain is telling you, that's what you're going to accomplish. If you can keep telling yourself, you're not going to be able to do it, then ultimately you won't. But if you can empower yourself and say, you know what, I'm going to make it through that ultimately is what you're gonna, what you're gonna push yourself to do. If you think you're gonna lose, you're gonna lose in sports and in business. You know, my daughter two weeks ago lost a match, should have won. She showed the other girl too much respect. She showed her record too much respect, but she can beat that girl. And if you go into like, we just had a, we just had a big tournament this weekend for our girls wrestling team. And when I go, oh my God, I'm fighting this girl. I'm like, cool, you're gonna beat her. Well, I'm like, you're gonna lose. And she lost. She got pinned in the first round. Guarantee if she went in there, like, man, I would beat this girl's ass. Guarantee you this. She would have gone to the third round. She might have gotten pinned. She'd have put up a fight. But when you immediately go in there with that, that negative, negative attitude, you're going to lose. Attitude is everything. 
So let's talk about um, some of the businesses that you've started that are successful and and maybe let's talk about, you know, the struggles that you had when you were first launching some of those. Because you do a lot. I mean, you, you have a few companies going on. You're, uh, you know, you're a pro bodybuilder now. You used to box and get punched in the face for a while. You're, you're teaching, <laughs> you know, you're teaching wrestling. You got a, a robust family life. I think you, you, what, you just built your, your dream home. So you got a lot of stuff going on, but let's, yeah. let's kick it back to where you were first starting. You're like, Hey, I need to start a business. How did that look for, for young Mark? Yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> well, let's go to like this business. Like, so what did I do in my first business? That was a company called Salvation. And what I did is I got in a car and I drove for three weeks at a time all over the country in a Toyota Corolla. And I went store to store and I sold branch chain amino acids. And I got cursed out. I got made fun of. And it was a humbling experience. I only gave myself a $50 per, per night per diem on hotel. So I stayed at some really questionable places. But at the end of the day, that's what built the brand. I'd visit, literally, I'd start it. I'd, I'd still work out and I'd get up, train at 5 a.m. and I'd hit the road, get back to the hotel at 10, wherever I ended up. And a lot of people think that when you start a business, you work for yourself. And that's the stupidest shit I've ever heard in my life. You work for your customers. You're always going to answer to your customers. And of course, you work for Uncle Sam because that motherfucker is taking about 60% of your earnings. So you're working for people. There's no such thing as freedom. Freedom for me is a nine to five job. Like a lot of my, uh, my people in my neighborhood have, they work for a corporation. They get vacation days. They get sick days. They get all these different things. And when they clock out at five o'clock, they clock out at five o'clock. I don't clock out, man. I mean, I'm attached to this piece of crap right here, no matter what. And if something goes wrong, I'd take a call at the gym because a customer was angry and he cursed out my CS rep and my CS rep called me. She's like, this is on I'm like, I'm calling his ass right now. Got it rectified. He actually ended up buying some stuff, but you know, it was, it was just, um, she didn't have the information he wanted. And if you've ever been in customer service, you understand that Nobody's ever nice. I mean, you might, we have the best CS reps in the world, the best, but usually when people call, it's not our fault. Like FedEx is really slow. Sometimes like we, all we can do is ship it after that. It's in their hands. That's right. Like, it's, there's, a, there's a little bit of a global pandemic going on, slowing some shipping times, probably right. Things get lost or slowed or whatever. <laughs> I don't, dude, I don't think it's that. I think that they just have an excuse now before FedEx had to be like, ha we messed up. Now it's like, oh, COVID. I'm like, whoa, what does that have to do with it? Like, you guys are fine. Like, you don't have short. Okay, whatever. Like, they're not like relying on raw materials. Like, but, you know, you know, and he, they get mad. And I'm like, so, so they'll message me. And I'll be like, do you have a tracking number? Well, yeah. I'm like, so that means we shipped it. <laughs> I'm like, we have once it's in FedEx's hands, unless they lose it, like, we just got to play the waiting game. So, but nonetheless, you know, you're never truly free. I haven't been on a complete vacation in years, in years, because you can't, because you always have to be there to make those decisions. You can't delegate them. So, you know, it's, if again, freedom is not owning a business. I guarantee you that freedom is when you sell the business, you can retire. This podcast is brought to you by White Gloves Podcast Connect Program, a done-for-you, fully integrated podcasting system that will help you keep in touch with all of your leads. 
I love that. So how has your mentality changed over the years from me being the the frontline salesperson in the Corolla driving across country, staying in the CD motels every night to now being the the CMO of a fully functioning, you know, company that is out there really making a difference and and seeing significant sales. Because I think a lot of the advisors in the industry, they they run into that as well, right? Where they start off as that that solo salesperson knocking on doors, cold calling, you know, maybe leaving the warehouse world. And then okay, they start seeing some success. And it's like, well, where do you staff? How do you transition from being that number one only salesperson to transitioning into, into like a CMO and letting the business run? Not the guy to ask this question because for me, you could take the gangster out the hood, but you can't take the hood out the gangster. <laughs> you know, um, February 7th through 9th, I'm doing a tour of it's going to be 15 high V stores, three days, 1500 miles. I'm literally covering Iowa, Nebraska, and Minnesota, three days. I still do it. And a CEO's job is to sell. Your CEO is your national sales manager. I have no sales reps. I have an internal sales guy who handles getting the orders and getting them out. I'm the only company sales rep for my brands. As far as every tens of thousands of outright suppliers, I handle all of them. I handle all of our distribution. I give all the presentations to grocery stores, to big box retailers, you name it, to big lots. Whatever store we're in, I give those presentations because no one will ever be able to represent my brand like I will. And once a CEO, you see this, that show Undercover Boss? Yeah. Man, I'm trying not to use the F word. <laughs> Screw those CEOs. Like they suck. You should know every part of your business. Obviously, I can't code. Like I won't be able to do my CTO's job. I know how to ship. I know how to sell. All of these CEOs are, are garbage. If you don't know what every one of your employees is doing and you can't actually do it proficiently, you suck. Like you suck as a CEO. How are you going to be able to manage? Like, just like the reason I'm taking wrestling classes, how am I going to coach wrestling, strengthen wrestling if I don't know how to wrestle? How am I going to manage a company if I don't know how to do stuff the company does? Think about it. These CEOs are garbage. Dude, roll up your sleeves, you know, take off your little nail polish and get a little <laughs> bit dirty. Like, you guys suck, in my opinion. I think a lot of um, advisors feel the same way, right? That they've they've built this, it, they take it to heart of this is their clients, this is their book of business. They they are the the best when it comes to the sales process, or the best at when it comes to making those decisions. And you know they they oftentimes struggle of what should I outsource? What should I train somebody else to do? when they did build that whole shop all by themselves. And we work with a lot of professionals yeah. that are just single man shops, right? They have their assistant, they have, you know, that does the, the outreach and they do, they do everything else and they're very, very successful, you know? And then there's the other guys that build a team of 20 and, and they have a, I mean, they build a system that they use and, and they kind of sit back and manage as opposed to be that player coach. I'm all for that though. I, I like to lead from the front. But you should still know how your company runs. You should still do those things. You should literally, you don't have to have a TV show. You should be able to go <laughs> out on your, you know, the CEO of Costco, um, I think it was a few years ago. I don't know if he currently does it after the pandemic, but he used to visit like 300 Costco's a year, some crazy number like that. 
used to walk around, go observe what the butcher's doing, observe what these guys are doing. And, and he just literally spent time in the trenches. That's a CEO. That's how yeah. you do it. You go out there and you do the work. We used to know we haven't done it lately because we're very adequately staffed on Black Friday. My partner, Chad, and I would get in there and we'd ship orders. You know, we had an, I, one, one year I, I put on social media, my entire family there packing orders, picking orders, you know, handling customer service. And that's what every CEO should do, in my opinion. Now, obviously, people don't do it. But if I'm going to tell some, if I'm going to give a course of how to be a CEO, it's not going to be sit back and delegate. It's going to be like, you have to delegate. You're only one person. We're also going to be able to sit here and talk to you, right? But, you know, you have to actually be willing to get out there and get dirty and close the deals yourself. I love that. And that, I mean, it just kind of speaks to your passion and all things that you bring to your life, right? Like you don't seem like the kind of guy that would be content with somebody else doing, you know, the things that you're passionate about, that you want to be in there. You want to be that, that driver, that front seat that, you know, making sure the things happen the way that you want them to happen. In sales. I think, again, I think a CEO should sell. I just do. I think a CEO should talk. If you look at the brands that really grew, like Sam Walton, Walmart, for those of you who didn't get that one, like the dude literally, like it was like, Walmart's this big, crazy monster. What did it start as? Sam Walton used to go store to store doing town hall meetings. You know, you look at, you, you look at like, remember the, uh, the uh, hair club, the, 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 the hair color guy is like, I like how much I bought it. And then the same with the razor guy, you know, you look at those and those are legends. You know, a lot of these companies you lead from the front and uh, that's what these individuals did. And that's where my, I model my style after you look at Dana white UFC, look at what he does. Those are the people I model, I model myself after not just a guy who sits there and barks orders. Like, why am I going to listen and respect somebody if they can't even put their money where their mouth is, if they can't practice what they preach. So how do you balance your tremendous work ethic and passion with having a, you know, a robust family life and making sure that you're, you're at the, you know, the, the wrestling matches, you're, you're present with the family, you know, when you still have the cell phone in your pocket that could go off at any minute. I turn off the cell phone. <laughs> it's pretty simple. I'm like, okay, I'm coaching, but turn it off. You know, it's, it's pretty simple. Like if I'm at a wrestling tournament, I'm not worried about anything. I'm worried about my kids. If I'm at wrestling practice, like I'll be between five and five 30 today. I'm worried about my kids. You know, you have to compartmentalize and you have to be willing to step away. If I'm training, I'm going to ignore my phone. If I'm, you know, a lot of people, they just, they, there's too much dopamine involved. They have to click that phone all the time. It's dopamine. If you haven't built your brand where you can't last for an hour without checking your emails, like you haven't really built a company. It's a house of cards. Like you have to have the personnel to be able to be like, okay, I'm good. And I'm not saying step away for a year. But like, dude, if you really have to, oh, it's that important. I got, I'm like, dude, put down your phone. I've had people literally come out like begging to train with me. And I'm like, yeah, okay, fine. And then they're on their phone. I'm like, okay, you got to go. Cause now you're fucking up my work. You know, I only got an hour budgeted for this. We got to get in. So it's just, I don't know. I think people are just, they think they're busier than they are, but business got done in the eighties without cell phones. Like, and people had lives. So you don't have, and, and again, you're never going to, if you're not able to step away, dude, you're going to burn out. You're going to be inefficient 
and you're not going to be good. It's just take like taking time off the gym. You can't keep going hard all the time and not expect your body to break down. Your brain's the same way. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense too. And, and compartmentalizing and making sure you're, you're setting priorities of this is what I have to focus on today. Because otherwise you're right. If you're constantly spread thin, you're always on the phone trying to do six things at once. You're never going to be good at anything, right? So if you can, if you can do that, then that's how you really push forward and you see any sort of gains in life, I would imagine. Yeah, absolutely. You just have to be willing to, whatever you're doing, do it at 100%. And multitasking isn't the way. It just isn't. You have to focus. So we're, we're getting close here on time. The last thing I really want to talk about is what you've done very well is kind of made yourself a brand. You know, you've You've gotten your image out there. You've been in front of a lot of people. You have a very robust social media presence. You know, your, your brands are represented in different fashions. How do you start doing that in a professional setting? How do you get out there and, you know, let people know who you are and what you're about? You just have to get out there and do it. Like it doesn't cost money. I could post on Instagram right now. Don't have to send a check to anybody. You know, if I wanted to advertise in a magazine, I got to send someone a check. You know, the thing is, you just have to do it. A lot of people are like, I'm going to start a YouTube channel. I'm going to do this. I had a good friend call me and he's like, oh man, my job, this and that. He's a guy who could really market himself, really good set of skills. And I'm like, well, we talked about this three years ago. Have you done it? No. I'm like, why? There's no reason. Well, I don't have equipment. I'm like, do you have a phone? Do you have an iPhone? This this thing does everything but check my prostate. Like you can literally, you don't need equipment. Like up until like, I mean, most of my shit's done on my phone. Like all my videos, my training videos, my how to's my, it's all done on an iPhone. Yeah. Okay. This podcast, I broke out the fancy equipment, but like, usually it's just like, okay, iPhone tripod, let's go. Cause your iPhone has a 4k camera. It's better than the cameras you could buy in a store and you just literally push upload and the shit goes magically on the internet. You don't need like you don't need a production assistant for this shit. I mean, I built my entire friggin' social media following on a, a 4S. Like that thing had like this is a 4K. That thing had like a 1K camera. It was like a 600. You know, and and I I did just fine. Yeah, the videos they're, they're not the greatest quality, but it it's better than nothing. Everybody keeps looking for this magic bullet. There isn't a magic bullet. You just have to do something. Something's always better than nothing. Gary V said it, man. And now I'm not the biggest Gary V fan. I think he's cool. I just think, I don't think he has perspective because he kind of comes from money. He's like, you should give up everything. And started, yeah, your parents left you like a multi-million dollar wine company. I don't know if you should be telling people to give up everything. I'm not that guy. I'm the guy who tells you to <laughs> keep your job and do the other shit on the side. And when the other shit gets big enough, then step away. But keep that 401k, keep that income rolling in. Let's, let's not do anything drastic. You know, he's like, dude, drop everything and follow your dream. Like my dream is to be in the NBA. Five foot seven. It's not going to work. <laughs> so, <laughs> so like my, my thing for people not to be cliche on Nike, but just do it. Just do something, you know? Oh, and, and everybody like, here's the thing. Like those of y'all, not everybody who watch your stuff is a finance is, is like a financial, like, wizard or owner you want extra money like it's so easy to make money now anybody who has a nine to five has set hours and doesn't deliver food or drive uber or or do something on the side to make extra money dude you've lost you have this is the best time ever in history to make money you literally click an app on your phone when you get off of work and you could just deliver a meal and make 100 bucks an hour i've seen people make 100 bucks an hour on uber and uber eats it's fucking insane 
that'll add up. <laughs> I love that. I go and ADHD I, on these things. I apologize. I, I don't know how. No, that dude, you're good. I, I love it. I mean, you're. We're talking about a lot. We're talking about you know starting a business. You know that that fear of failure. I thought that was super powerful. I loved when you said, you know what, you don't, you never work for yourself when you start a business. You work for your customers, and then I think wraps it all up is just your mentality is just, just do something. I mean, too many advisors and small business owners get wrapped up in this paralysis by just over analyzing everything that they could do, and instead, you, you hit it right on the head. Just do something. You know, it doesn't have to be perfect, but do something to grow your business and become that goal that you want. Once you get addicted to winning and once you see that success, that's when you're going to get motivated and you're say, yep, I want this again and again and again. And then you can embrace that pain a little bit, make it through and see even more success. And I think that's what you've successfully done in many lines of um, work, business and life that you've been in, Mark. I'm still learning, man. I'm for, I'm the, I'm the, you know, like I literally just started learning wrestling yesterday and at 41, it's really hard to fall is what I learned. Everything hurts, bro. Like, <laughs> I mean, it just hurts. I'm like, my wife's like, where does it hurt? I'm like, here, everywhere. here, here, you know, the whole right, thing. my hairline, my hairline down, <laughs> yeah. my receding hairline down to where my body grows hair that I never thought it would. <laughs> welcome. Welcome to your forties, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, hey, man, I really appreciate the time you gave to us today. I think there's some awesome takeaways in here for any industry that someone's in and just, a, you know what, just motivation to, to get something done and achieve something that you didn't think was possible. Yeah, man, life's good, man. And, and remember, like, hate to get all godly on y'all, but like, dude, God put you on this earth like once, unless you believe in reincarnation, we're not going to go there. Like God put you here. Make the most of your life, like have fun, enjoy every moment as best you can and, and realize that life, yeah, life is suffering. We've heard that one, but you know what, from that suffering, you want to derive some pleasure and also like, whether it's your body or your mind or whatever, keep learning, keep growing, keep doing new things, your body and your mind like that shit. And when you die, you're going to be like, damn, I lived a fulfilled life. That's what it's all about. Well, we're out of time. Mark, thank you very much for being on the show today. We'll definitely have you back. This is a heck of a lot of fun. I'm in. <laughs> and that is Mark Loebliner with Brad Swinehart, your host of Be Advised Leading with Value. Follow this podcast to know when the latest episode is ready and make sure you share it with colleagues and friends. This podcast is brought to you by White Gloves Podcast Connect Program, a done-for-you, fully integrated podcasting system that will help you keep in touch with all of your leads. Thank you for listening to Be Advised, Leading with Value with Brad Swinehart. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of White Glove. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service providers with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Thank you.